there's a couple of key things that stuck out in my mind in the past week or so of news that involves freedom of speech, consequences, and media accountability. Three topics that I want to kind of hit today from my wacky, zany, millennial, libertarian perspective. So, there's going to be that. I'm, uh, I did see Han Solo. We'll talk a little bit about that and the future of these Star Wars Disney films. And a little bit more, whatever else may pop on my mind. So get ready and tighten your seatbelts because, ladies and gentlemen, this is Fritzcast. That's what we're going to do. We're going to let it out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is Friday, June, 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 June. It is June 1st, 2018. Let's just stop for a moment and think about that. It is, uh, it's already June. We're at the we're at the midway point already. There's six months left in 2018, and how were how were the first six months? Uh, uh, rather to to me, just different crazy things going on. A number of different crazy things going on with uh, 2018, and I, I think it's just this post Donald Trump as president. Wacky world that we live in. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man world that we live wacky in. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Al Harrington, president and CEO of Al Harrington's wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man emporium and warehouse. Thanks to a shipping error, I am now currently overstocked on wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men, and I am passing the savings on to you. That's what I feel like living in 2018 is like. It's just this giant, wacky, waving, inflatable arm, flailing tube man world where everybody wants attention. And I'll dive into that in a little bit. But, uh, so last week was my birthday. I turned 29. The world did not end for me. Uh, That's because I have a whole other year until I turn 30 and the world really ends for me. So, I have another year to live it up. And live at large, but my birthday went very well. A lot of it is uh, a lot of that goes to uh, goes to my wife, who uh, threw together some amazing birthday stuff for me this year. Got me some some great gifts. I have uh, two brand new Star Wars comic books here. I got to see uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, which I'll talk about in a second. And uh, what else? What else do we get? We got a lot. I got a lot of uh, new. Uh, I wear uh, these. What, what what are they called? Why am I blanking on the word? <laughs> Why can't I think of the word? Um, the uh, they're not. I guess they're bracelets, right? They're uh, but they're dude bracelets. They're guy bracelets. They're different leather and bead uh, bracelets for me to wear. I, I love wearing those things. Getting all smashy jazzied up. Stuff like that. Things that make me fancy, in my mind at least anyway, are just cool. Well, you know, some of it's rock and roll, alright? You know, get on with it. Got another Funko Pop for the Star Wars Funko Pop collection, which is uh, slowly uh, taking over my desk. And 
possibly plotting to take over the world. But if they did, I think the Funko Pops have it better off than we do. I'm just just saying. And then my friends, uh, well, our friends, Jay, Sean, and Luther uh, called us up to Philadelphia, and we had an even more birthday festivities on Saturday, including I might have gotten something God of War-related um, very near and dear and personal to me, and that's awesome, and I'm looking at it right now. And that is awesome. Uh, I did finish the, the brand-new God of War video game, if you're into video games, if that is your thing. If you used to play the old God of War video games from... The PlayStation 2 and the PlayStation 3 era, I can proudly report to you as I have finished the main campaign. I'm not 100% done the video game. I haven't done all the little side quest stuff yet. Or rather, I still have plenty of side quest stuff to do because I did side quest stuff as I was playing the game. Uh, The main campaign and main storyline of God of War is epic. I have loved the God of War series since high school, 2005 is when the first one came out. Was hooked on it then when I had to send my sister's fiance into GameStop or EB Games, whichever one it was, because they carded you for buying mature games. Had to send him in there to, to buy that for me so I could play it. Played the first God of War, played the second God of War, played the third God of War, I've played Chains of Olympus, I've played Ghost of Sparta, I've played Ascension, and now I've played God of War. And this one, perfectly, excellently, intriguingly, takes a step from all that Greek mythology that was in the first God of War that built this Kratos character, an iconic video game character for PlayStation now. Uh... Practically the face of PlayStation, you could say, at this point, for how long he's been around and how epic those games have been. Taking all that and stepping into a new realm of Nordic mythology, when they first announced this game like three years ago or whatever, I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about it. Because if you've played God of War, you know God of War 3 left off on a kind of question mark note. But in playing and watching this journey unfold and playing through God of War and the Nordic world and how they blended the Nordic world from the Greek world and how they evolved Kratos' character and everything new that they've encompassed, they have made an epic game that is at least going to have one, if not two sequels, because there is an awesome teaser at the end of it. They have done an epic, beautiful job all around with the game. Not just graphically, not just storyline-wise, not just playability-wise, not just soundtrack-wise, but the whole deal. And in fact, on Twitter, the person that composed the God of War soundtrack was Bear McCrary. Uh, He does a lot of different TV shows and video games and even the occasional movie. Uh, I love the God of War soundtrack. That's added in my iTunes, and I've listened to it a dozen times already uh, because I think it's very beautifully done, mixed in with uh, awesome uh, old-school chanting that that dwells and, and blends perfectly well within the Nordic realm uh, mythology. He does several callbacks to the original God of War as well, and it's just, it's awesome, and it blended everything, and I even tweeted him out, 
and he tweeted back to me, which was kind of awesome. I like any time that you can reach out to an artist or somebody that you appreciate or like for their work, and then they reply to you, even if it's just a line. It's it's just it feels cool to see that little verified account reply back to you, and you're like, oh, that's awesome. He acknowledged my tweet. That's awesome. So it was very well done, and I'm very very much looking forward to what they do with the series moving forward because they, they, they have a lot of new flesh on this beast that they can make very interesting and intriguing and keep me hooked. Uh, but that has been a staple in my young adult life for a while now, so I love it, and I love that it's back. If you were if you were contemplating, if you saw it and thought, oh, that looks kind of cool or whatever, uh, it's not kind of cool. It's freaking awesome. If I had to give it a rating, even though I'm not 100% complete it yet, I would rate the new God of War definitely in the high 9 range, closer to 10. Uh, it's hard to rate something as perfection because not everything is perfect, but it is it is high up there in the 9s, and I highly recommend you buy the game if you're like me and you can't spend a lot of single sessions on a video game console for hours at a time. It'll take you a while to play through it, too, and I actually like that. I like a game taking time to play through. It's it's like a journey. It was like a journey. Now, uh, I wasn't sure if I should talk about Han Solo and the Star Wars bit towards the end of the show or at the beginning of the show. Like, what do I want to force my listeners to hear me talk about? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hit Solo right now and Star Wars and Disney in general in this realm and in this universe. And I'm going to do it without spoilers. Uh, so, there's not, I mean, could you really spoil a movie that happens before a time of a movie that you've already watched? I don't know. So, Solo, A Star Wars Story, I think it was a well-done film. Uh, Ron Howard had to come in and salvage the project, though. Alright, think about that. Disney had to be like, hey, Ron, can you fix this? And he was like, hey, sure. And so, and and I think he had to reshoot like 70% of whatever they had done up. And there was controversy online if you're nerdy enough to read into the making of movies. It's probably the nerdiest thing that I can think of somebody doing is reading up on how the progress of a movie being made is going. And you only ever see that with, like, Star Wars, uh, some of the bigger titles, uh, like Avatar. People are reading up on Avatar and what James Cameron is doing with that and Avatar, you know, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... Uh, all the sequels that are plotted out for Avatar that will never be made because James Cameron will die before he makes it. It took him like 20 years to make the first one. So why wouldn't it take him 20 years to make the second one? That's my that's my that's just a theory, by the way. Maybe Avatar 2 will come out. I don't know. I don't really I didn't, you know, Avatar was a movie with a story that's been told a billion times over. Um at the end of the day, the whole point of Avatar wasn't like, you know, hey, look at this epic story. Look at this epic, uh, look at this great acting. Look at all this stuff. It was it, Avatar was made for, look at what technology can do in a movie. <laughs> look at this. James Cameron is actually a, a, a staple for breaking in technology into movies. Um, he got high praise for Titanic for that. Uh, and for making, I mean, you know, I hate to say this, but apparently a quality film in Titanic. I don't know. It took three hours to watch the boat sink. I don't I don't get that. 
Uh, the Terminator franchise revolutionized some digital effects and lighting, especially Terminator 2 when they had a liquid metal shape-shifting thing on screen that was unseen at its time. Uh, and The Abyss was another film that, you know, heavy computer use, digital technology, breakthrough for James Cameron. He also made Alien, you know. So he has, uh, he does boast a, a good resume of some, you know, good, very good and iconic films. But Avatar, not so much. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into Avatar. So Solo, a Star Wars story takes place uh, sometime... This is where Star Wars gets confusing for people. Takes place sometime after Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. But before Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Also before Star Wars, or also before Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. But after, or at least during, Star Wars Rebels. The TV show. See, that's a lot to keep up with. That's a lot to keep up with for some people. All right. Now, here's the deal with Han Solo. Okay. Everybody knows Harrison Ford hates Han Solo, even though Harrison Ford is the embodiment of Han Solo. That's probably why the character was so well played in the original trilogy. Uh, and and one of the most iconic and beloved characters in the Star Wars series, considering that he's literally just a human being with no force powers or nothing. He's just a rogue, a villain, a, scou- a scoundrel who is actually the good guy. And that is exactly what Solo, a Star Wars story, tries to do. He's, he's a scoundrel living in the underground, uh, decides to join up with the Empire for his own benefit to save his own hide, so to speak. Works for the Empire a little bit. Uh, meets up with this crime syndicate. Which is led by Woody Harrelson. Actually, the crime syndicate itself isn't led by Woody Harrelson. He's uh, he's just the dirty work guy for the leader of the crime syndicate, which is played by Paul Bettany, better known as Vision from the Marvel series Avengers. Okay. Okay, are we are we caught up to speed now? Okay, so Solo covers a love interest that Han Solo has when he was young. How he got his name, which was dubbed upon him by an Imperial guy as he was trying to enter the Imperial Starfleet Academy. Not Starfleet Academy, that's freaking Star Trek. Uh, he tries to enter the Empire Naval Academy to, quote, become one of the best pilots in the galaxy. All right. Uh, we see him a little bit in the ragtag fighting in wars for the Empire. Getting caught up with Woody Harrelson, his new mentor. Meets up with Chewbacca and saves him. Uh, this is known. That's not spoilerific stuff. This this is stuff that's known. So, yes, and you know Chewbacca's in the film because you've seen the trailers. I'm sorry if I spoiled it. They shouldn't have spoiled anything for anybody. He also uh, crossed paths with Lando Calrissian and explains how he got a hold of the Millennium Falcon, how he did the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. We're not going to dive into super nerdy talk about how parsecs isn't a measurement of time. It's a measurement of distance and yada, 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 whatever. Who cares? You, you, If you're picking apart films that much, 
You're the reason why people can't enjoy things in life. At the end of the day, Solo, a Star Wars story, I thought was a fun adventure. It was a fun ride. Alden Ehrenreich, who plays uh, Han Solo, I did not at first from the trailers buy him and his performance as Han Solo. The first opening sequence of him as Han Solo, I didn't buy it. Towards the end of the film, he kind of won me over. I was like, oh, okay, all right, sure, this can work. Um, Aside from that, aside from the fun little adventure it was, I don't believe it really added any depth to the Star Wars story or Han Solo's character or any of that. I I really don't think it did. I don't think it really served any other purpose than being this fun romp that Disney can make money off of, and you, as a fan, you're just you know what you're getting into. It's just like watching the adventures of young Indiana Jones, except it's the adventures of young Han Solo, which is still what I believe they should call this series. There is one, one, one single curveball cameo appearance by a Star Wars character that you've seen in the past. Not going to name the name. Some people were shocked because they haven't watched things like the Clone Wars TV series or the Rebels TV series. I may have just dropped enough out there for somebody who may have not seen Solo yet, but will get who the cameo is now. The cameo, I'll hang this film on this. Whatever they do with what they set up at the end of this film will base on what I really feel about this film down the line. Uh, because I left thinking it was fun, it was good, it wasn't great, it wasn't epic, wasn't the most fantastic Star Wars film I've ever seen. That would be uh, still, to this day, Empire Strikes Back, followed closely, close in second by Rogue One. Rogue One is the second best Star Wars film ever made. And Disney set themselves a very high bar with that, that they have yet to meet or surpass. But if they can take what they dropped at the end of Solo, what they teased at the end of Solo, there's a possible sequel to this movie, ladies and gentlemen. Possible sequel. And the things that they could set up with the characters that would be in play with it could possibly be epic. Could possibly be epic. It depends on how they handle it and the route in which they go with it. They have the makings there. It's time for Disney to ask the question, are they just in it for the cash grab, or are they in to make it an epic story of sorts? So, there there be that for you. Dangle that out there. I would say go see Solo. Just make sure that your expectations are not super high, and you will walk out thinking it was an enjoyable film at the end of the day. Alright, now on to the crazy politics that happened this past week. Most of it surrounding celebrity figures, what they have tweeted, freedom of speech, and media accountability. What I what, what I said in the beginning. And it all starts with Roseanne Barr. Roseanne Barr got in a hot mess of trouble in this past week. So much that ABC has canceled her revived show, Roseanne. Which, mind you... It was revived just earlier this year and just canceled two days ago because of her racist tweet. Her racist tweet, the tweet in question, 
the tweet in question uh, was Roseanne in response to Valerie Jarrett, a top former uh, aide to President Obama, uh, in which she said, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ, Valerie Jarrett. Okay. And it's very much out there, and it's not the first time that she's tweeted something in regards to, to, to those lines of, I guess you could say racism, before. Uh, she has in the past, I'm, I'm trying to find the truth, there it is right there. Uh, back in uh, 2013 in December... Uh, Roseanne Barr tweeted out, Susan Rice is a man with big swinging eight balls, you know. Uh, Roseanne is, first off, uh, just much in the same vein as Donald Trump. Doesn't have a lot of couth to her, doesn't have a lot of uh, class to her. Uh, I never liked Roseanne. I never liked the Roseanne TV show of the past or the present. Don't care about it at all. Don't care for her at all. And what's really amazing about the tweet... Okay, so let's just start off with this. So Roseanne tweets it out on her Twitter account uh, on a public forum. May have violated Twitter policies. I don't know that much about Twitter policies because I don't read the fine print of that crap. But here's Roseanne Barr using her freedom of speech to say something stupid and offensive. And people can, in kind, get offended and demanding over that. ABC saw that, said it was abhorrent, and cut off her show because they don't want to be associated with it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. It's, a, a again, a private company choosing not to be associated with somebody over their demeanor on a public forum. Okay. Okay. You have to think about what you're saying and doing online and if your employer is watching and if and especially when you're in a position that Roseanne may be in that's in the public spotlight consistently you might uh, come under condemnation for such things you might you might do I think she deserves it out now right I don't I don't really care what Roseanne Barr deserves there's a lot of people that work on that show that had nothing to do with what she said that are now in effect, being punished, but as John Goodman put it, it, it doesn't really affect any of those people either. It's not like they're 100 completely percent, 100 percent completely dependent on uh, the TV show Roseanne for their livelihoods. But it, at the at the same token, you have a lot of people being punished for the for the actions of one person, and there's there's a lot to be said for freedom of speech. All right, you are you allowed to say stupid crap like that on Twitter? Sure. When when you say it and the backlash comes, you you, you can't go on a, a public apology tour on Twitter and talk about how you were on Ambien and Ambien made you do it. Uh, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> to the degree that, mind you, the company that makes Ambien came out and said that a known side effect is not racism. <laughs> A known side effect of taking this medication is not having blatantly racist remarks on Twitter. Who knew? But this is the swinging pendulum of politics world where because this pendulum swings one way, 
And and mind you, this is this is what really gets me about instead of saying what Roseanne tweeted was was stupid and offensive, which which it was, instead of just leaving it at that, instead people are going after the politics of the individual saying like, oh, this is what Trump supporters are, and this is what conservatives are, and this is what Republicans are, despite the fact that Roseanne is not a Republican or right-leaning in any sense of the measure. Something brilliant, I think, that was brought up uh, by Glenn Beck and, and several other commentators. And it doesn't take that much to research it, but Roseanne Barr is been a member of the Green Party, the Peace and Freedom Party, and uh, all around is more of a socialist and even straight-up self-admitted communist than anything else. But they're trying to pin her as a conservative. That's that's the kind of the funny thing in all of the things to me. Because she, what? She supports President Trump. Which, she's, the only reason she supports President Trump anyway is because he's chaos. She likes President Trump because he's chaos. The same reason that Louis Farrakhan came out about a week or so ago making positive comments about Donald Trump simply because he likes to ruffle the feathers and say that the FBI is bad. That's the world that we live in. Uh, the world that we live in is very much becoming... Oh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy of your enemy isn't necessarily your friend. Not by a long shot. But this goes back to the pendulum. So, Roseanne says that. She's, you know, she's also adamantly been pro-Trump because Trump is not really a conservative. Uh, You can read up more on that just by, uh, I don't know, looking at Donald Trump as a person. Uh, and you can put two and two together there. Because of the pendulum, now we have Samantha B. Kind of has to come under condemnation now, right, for calling Ivanka Trump a quote. I'm quoting now. So remember, I'm not saying this. I'm making a direct quote. Uh, for quote, calling Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt. C-U-N-T. The C word. Alright? And some people have been drawing comparisons to, you know, this is at the same level as the Roseanne Barr tweet. Not, not, stop. Hold on. Time out. Not exactly. Not exactly. You see, the, the problem here is people are getting upset over the vulgarity and where the lines are being crossed. So they're mad at Samantha B for using the word cunt. If she had just called Ivanka feckless and left it at that, probably not a big deal, but it's because the C word came out. Same thing with Roseanne. If she didn't attack Valerie Jarrett over her race alone, you have no controversy. Poof, gone, not there, non-existent. If you're making valid arguments, but all these things turn into Samantha B, Roseanne Barr, uh, other people on TV do this. People make money off of what they stupidly believe is just hilarity. And what's sad is that there's an insane double standard that goes around online in, in these little 
echo chamber universes that we create for ourselves. Where people can justify this bullshit. Which is what, at the end of the day, that's what a lot of this is. It's bullshit. Roseanne Barr tweets something. Nobody's denying that she has the right to tweet anything. You can get on Twitter and tweet to your heart's content whatever crap you want. It's the internet. Doesn't mean that you're free from consequence. All right, Freedom of speech means that there's no laws against it. Just because there's no laws against it doesn't mean that like your place of business can't decide that they think you have character flaws and want to disassociate with you. Especially in that much of a public spotlight thing. All right, Samantha Bee's thing, I'm not even really surprised about because Samantha Bee's show is just like like a Tosh.0 combination of something where she plays a video clip and then she says something stupid where she uses vulgarity or language or, or being coarse or short or saying something quick and witty. That's the whole format of the show. That being said, I don't walk around and call people cunts. I don't think that's nice. I, I, I don't think that's nice for uh, her to do either. But if she wants to say it, whatever. What am I gonna what, what am I gonna do to stop her? Really, what am I gonna do to stop her? What are you gonna do to stop her? What are you gonna do to stop Roseanne Barr? And why are we playing identity politics with it too? At the end of the day, I don't care if a Republican said it, if a Democrat said it, if a liberal said it, if a conservative said it, if a socialist said it, if a libertarian said it. At the end of the day. There's certain things, for me at least anyway, freedom and liberty is the first and foremost forefront thing. Everybody has the liberty to do as they please for that. When you have liberty and and such like that, people may get offended by words. It, It happens. It happens in life. That is what it is. Government has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. As long as somebody's statements aren't threatening the life liberty of somebody else. As long as they're not threatening violence or other things of that nature. But attacking somebody solely on their race, I mean, that's uncouth. That is despicable. And unfortunately... There are people like that in the world. And they have to deal with their comments because people might not want to do business with them. People might want not, not want to employ them. People might not want to do those things. But that's what happens in a free, liberty, rolling thing. ABC can say, ooh, Roseanne Barr's tweet was racist and we do not want that. So, hey, guess what? Your show's canceled. Goodbye. Or they could have just fired her and tried to keep Roseanne going. I guess kill her off of the show. But the show is called Roseanne. So if you kill off Roseanne, it's not Roseanne anymore, is it? But there's this needless drive to, like, make comparisons. I think Samantha Bee's statement as a comedian and what she is, I just, I I don't think it was funny, number one. As I don't really think Samantha Bee is typically funny. Like, she did do a skit thing with Glenn Beck a while back, which was actually kind of funny. But 
wasn't genuine. Clearly, it wasn't genuine. Uh, at least it didn't seem that way. All right, but I expect some bombastic, loud business from Samantha B uh, on her show when she's talking about politics. Even though I pretty much don't agree with a lot of what she says or what she believes. Roseanne Barr is just on Twitter doing this constantly because that's the type of person she is. All right, this isn't new territory for Roseanne Barr, who's also a comedian and, you know, did stand-up and crap like that. All right, again, also not funny um, in my book, at least anyway. Don't care for it. It's hard to compare... Samantha B calling Ivanka a feckless cunt to Roseanne Barr just slinging poo at somebody and attacking their race. Specifically and only that. But she's also said many anti-Semitic things. Uh, she's a big-time conspiracy theorist. Uh, if you need any validation uh, for that information, just Google Roseanne Barr tweets and It'll show you them all. She, there's one of her dressed up as Hitler with little Jew cookies from the oven. I mean, that's... How despicable can you get? And now now the media is playing this back and forth bit because the media has been in trouble recently. And, and if you haven't noticed the media and accountability lately, um, let's see. They played a, a, a clip of Donald Trump... And they said, oh, this is what Donald Trump thinks about uh, immigrants coming across the border of America. In fact, here's the clip. As was presented by the media and commented on by the media first. Just this clip. We have people coming into the country who are trying to come in. We're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. That's what the news reported. They reported Donald Trump says people crossing the border aren't people, they're animals. That's what the media went on tirades about. They wrote articles, they posted blogs, they went on Twitter and they said this is unacceptable of the president to say of people crossing the border, except they completely ignored the question that was asked and elicited that response. The question that was asked with that response was this. Thank you. Why could there could be an MS-13 gang member I know about? If they don't reach a certain threshold, I cannot tell ICE about them. We have people coming into the country who are trying to come in. We're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. Oh, 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 he was asked about MS-13. MS-13 is what he was asked about. And he called them, those people, animals. But here's the media crying, why don't people believe us? What do you mean, why don't people believe you? Because you have gone for clickbait money just as bad as the next Twitter troll online. When it comes to that, how about the immigration discussion? A big picture just went flooding around the internet of children in cages and how can we do this how can we do this to children crossing the border they're separated from their families they're some some brothers and sisters are pried apart and put in separate cages and they threw that picture up and said look at the donald trump administration look at what the donald trump administration does 
the children. Except that picture was taken, oh yeah, in 2014 when King Obama was president. And why? Because in 2014, you didn't care about it. Because you didn't know about it. Because everything was perfect under President Barack Obama. Now, I'm not a Barack Obama hater, per se, but I don't buy the false image that many of you hold him in. Why? Because drone bombings happened at high frequency under President Obama for eight years. Because all the immigration stuff that you're criticizing now and just pinning on Trump was going on in the Obama years. In fact, it was President Obama who spearheaded and did more deporting of illegal immigrants. Not Donald Trump. President Obama. President Obama, the, the, the guy that you absolutely loved and who could do no wrong. The, the guy that said his, his presidency went without a controversy. You see, I bow to no man. Or woman. I bow to no politician. If I think President Trump has done wrong, I will say he's done wrong. And guess what? He has done wrong. Absolutely, but... You make it really hard not to defend him in the cases in which you are blatantly, blatantly being biased. Blatantly being biased. And so now, and this continues day after day. Being middle ground, being skeptical, being cautious, being contradictory... It's all getting harder. Freedom of speech, it's, it's freedom of speech is under is under a microscope right now. With a fire being lit under it. Because people are asking these questions now. People are looking at these things now. People are asking how this should evolve. in this interconnected, more digitally, you know, instant communication world. And at the end of the day, the things like the Samantha B tweets, the Roseanne Barr tweets, and anybody else that you want to lump in there, it's, at the end of the day, it's just, we're a bunch of douche canoes. That's what it is. We are just big old douchebags. That's what we do. We're big douchebags to each other. We say mean, nasty words. Some people pick people's race out, which is deplorable. Some people just use vulgar vulgar words for shock value and for attention. Probably 90% of it is attention-seeking. Just pay, please give me the attention. Here, pay attention to me. Look, hey, look. Racist tweet. Look at me. Oh, I'm sorry. It was the Ambien. And unfortunately, I can't say it's Ambien that's causing me to go on tirades because the only thing that I take is men's one a day. And I'll just go ahead and take a step in the positive direction for men's one a day and just say that Bayer is not responsible and there are no known side effects for taking men's once a day for getting on a computer and doing a podcast and going into tirades about things that are on my head. 
that are in my brain. Thoughts that I have. Thoughts. It's getting a little ridiculous. It's getting a little ridiculous. And all all of it is thanks to President Donald Trump who has created chaos. And maybe chaos is what it needs for some things to topple down and for maybe people to start finding common ground on things and saying, you know, is it is it even worth it to to argue or bicker over X, Y, or Z? Or, you know, maybe... Maybe. I'm hoping that the chaos brings more people to, I don't know, liberty-oriented liberty things. Like, eh, maybe I don't want the government having so much control over certain aspects of people's individual lives and choices that they make that don't affect anybody else other than themselves. I don't know, but just, just for an example, I have uh, time and again had this conversation with a co-worker about laws and rules and all that, you know, and he'll always go into this tirade about we're a society of laws, and without laws it is nothing but chaos. And I'm like, okay, but you do realize that just because something is a law doesn't mean it is morally correct, right? And he tries to always turn it into a God argument and take it towards his religion, which is where he gets his moral authority from. But he believes that if something is declared a law that it's perfectly fine. And I don't know if he's doing it to troll with me or if he actually believes it. But I know that there's people out there who say as long as X percentage of people agree on it, then it's lawful and it is right. Wrong. I don't believe that. And I think more people need to start thinking about that on grander scales. So, with that being said, that was a lot to get through. That was a lot to, you know, my brain feels pretty fried right now. actually. But uh, I'm going to cut it right there. So, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, freedom of speech. Is it is it under attack? Uh, is it really a freedom of speech issue if Roseanne Barr goes on Twitter, says something racist, and loses her job? Is it really a freedom of speech issue? Or is it more of a, I don't know, private affair between her and her employer and what her employer chooses to associate with? It's a good question, right? Ask yourself that question. Samantha B., should she be fired for calling Ivanka Trump a feckless C-word? I know I'm censoring myself now. I said I was directly quoting it earlier. All right? I don't use that word. <laughs> Just because it sounds weird to me. Let alone... I do use some cuss words. I, I work in a prison. That's second nature. Me saying the F-bomb, whoo! Sometimes I stop myself and I go, I'm I'm sorry, I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs, and I just realized it. A lot of times it just happens, because if you work in a prison environment, let me tell you, the language that's used in a prison isn't for the faint of heart. Okay. So, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, follow me on Twitter. It's at FritzQS. I've had a large influx of followers from Turkey. I actually had a question. Has anybody else been having an influx of followers from Turkey? I don't, uh, I'm not going to say I'm wary of that. I just, it took me by surprise because there's literally like 30 people from Turkey. But they all follow the other libertarian accounts that I follow. Is there some, is there something happening in Turkey that I'm not seeing? Is there something the media doesn't want me to know? Am I hacked? Am I shadow banned? I don't know. But it's at FritzQS on Twitter. 
All right, facebook.com slash the fritzcast, fritzcast.wordpress.com for my blog and 71 Republic for my other contribution blog post. But also just check out 71 Republic because they're a great website. And you can reach me at fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to my friends, the political otters, because just the other day it was uh, World Otters Day. And I thought of them. And I was one of two people who thought of them, according to their Twitter feed anyway. But check out Political Otters, because I'm going to listen to them as soon as I'm done recording this, because they interviewed the great Brian Nichols from The Brian Nichols Show. All these libertarian people, it's libertarian stuff. Go. Feed your mind. Become free. All right? Love you all, and I'll see you next week with another edition of the Fritzcast. Peace out. Bye. Love you.